Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast to dispel facts from fiction in the midst of a pandemic. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Saturday, March 21st, 2020, and uh, here we are. Um, if you're listening to us, then unless you're listening to this way in the future when this is all past us and want to get a little taste, time capsule of what life was like. Uh, most of the city is on lockdown, not officially, but I, I am pleased to announce that here in Denver, it is pretty much what's, what's, has happened here as of now, which is good. Um, it's not so the case everywhere, but I can tell you that last night I was, uh, out for work. Uh, and on one of the main strips, which on a Friday night would have been just packed to the gills and it was a ghost town. Um, that would be Larimer street in the, the rhino section of town and nobody there. And yeah, people are for the most part self quarantining. They don't have a choice of course, cause bars and restaurants are closed except for takeout and delivery food orders. Yes. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the governor just announced today that bars and restaurants, um, will be able to serve alcohol um, either via takeout or delivery because we have a very robust service industry in Denver and there are just so very many people that are employed as bartenders and servers that are being super hit hard by this. Um, so in the interest of helping those folks out, they're going to allow them to serve alcohol, which I think is really good. Um, so there, what we are we bringing people like... Uh, Manhattans and sippy cups. Right. Like, how, I don't what know. does that look like? I don't like? know <clears throat> if it's going to be like bottles, bottles, which is not something that restaurants and bars are allowed to sell generally, well, other than bottles of wine. I thought they were. No, you can't sell a bottle of booze at a bar. Mm. You can sell a bottle of wine, obviously, um, but that's not a thing that you can really do. I guess that's maybe it's not that you can't, but they don't because I know that some clubs do like bottle service or whatever, but you yeah. just don't like take the bottle with you. So I don't know how that's going to look or work. Um, it was literally just announced a few hours ago. So we have been, um, I have been quarantined f- since last Friday. Uh, the company I work for finally relented and sent everyone to go work remotely for mm-hmm. what they said would be four weeks at least. Looks like it's going to be at least eight at this point, um, which is really crazy. Um, it has not been easy for me around here. Um, I'm an extrovert and I also have anxiety. And so I know a lot of you probably do also or know people that do. And, um, it's hard, it's rough. And it's especially rough, I think, because, you know, when you go to treatment for anxiety, one of the things that you learn to do is to use the rational part of your brain to say like this completely irrational fear that I'm having, you know, doesn't make sense. Let's look at the world. Right. And I can't use those tools right now because that's not true. (laughs) Everything isn't okay. And (laughs) the scary things that used to be totally irrational fears are now true. So I think be gentle with the folks, you know, that have anxiety and also OCD. I know that's hit that community extremely hard. Um, They've unlearned how to do all of these sort of cleaning behaviors and things. And now they're being told that they should do those. And so just be gentle with your friends, check in on them. Um, and be gentle with yourselves, you know? This is not an easy time. Um, so, yeah. 
Do you want to talk about what oh, is I got, true? I got lots to talk about. Um, you know, we could do a whole... We could do many hours on the way Trump is fucking this up. The myriad ways. But today he he did something... Uh, tweeted something out. I, he had another stupid press conference that I missed that was apparently another nightmare. But he said he tweeted out something today that was just incredibly um, reckless and, and dangerous and stupid. At about 10 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, he tweets out in screaming caps Hydroxychloroquine, uh, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. And azithromycin, taken together, have a real chance to be one of the biggest game changers in the history of medicine. The FDA has moved mountains. Thank you. Hopefully they will both. H works better with A. Um, anyway, the point was he, he is pr- trying to tell people that there's a miracle cure for COVID-19. Uh, there is not a miracle cure for COVID-19. What he's basing this on is there was, I don't know who knows how he came across this. Uh, there was a study in France, if you want to even call it a study, a really, really poorly formulated study with a whole 30 participants. Um, I thought it was 60. 30. Okay, 30. 30 participants, and supposedly using this combination of drugs, six of them had a shorter duration, symptomatic duration of COVID-19. Um, there are so many problems with this. I don't even know where to start, but let's start with what these drugs are. Hydroxychloroquine is a malaria treatment, and malaria is neither a, uh, as most of you know, if you're not, it's not a bacteria or a virus. It's a parasite. Um, it is comes from you know warmer tropical climates and. Transmitted via mosquitoes, usually. Mosquitoes, yeah. Or contaminated water can be as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a big problem, it, mostly in the third world. Now, people who visit abroad or work abroad can be subject to it. And, you know, it doesn't usually pop up in the in the Western world. But in any event... But it's deadly. It's deadly, and it can be, certainly. And that's <clears throat> it's horrible, if not deadly. And this is a treatment for it. It also has some off-brand uses for lupus and things like that. It can like tamp down an overactive immune system in some cases. Um, and there is some thought, and it's in the very preliminary stages of even starting to look at this, there is some thought that it might have some antiviral properties, but that is not proven in any way, shape, or form. It is, there is very little uh, data or or medical literature to back up any proof of that. It's it's more or less in the hypothetical stage at this point. Azithromycin, you probably are known as a ZPAC, is an antibiotic, so it doesn't do anything for viruses. It is for bacterial infections. It is what you get if you have a, a urinary tract infection that won't resolve, you know, or you know, strep throat, right? Or Right, nasty sinus infection. These are bacterial infections. So here's the problem. The malaria med has possible side effects. Used in the short term, probably not so much with the kidneys, but it certainly can mess with your heart. <laughs> 
So if you have an underlying heart condition, it can it can screw with that. The other big problem is erythromycin. As we said, it's not going to treat the coronavirus because it's a virus. It's there in the name. Uh, what could potentially happen, though, is we have a lot of people using azithromycin irresponsibly or not as needed. That just overall raises the level of the potential for antibiotic-resistant um, bugs, which is a big, big, big problem we've been hearing about for years and is coming down the pike. Um, and if you want to know how devastating uh, a bacterial epidemic or pandemic can be without adequate treatment. Oh, I don't know. Go back in time and look at the Black Death. Yep. Which was bacterial, bubonic plague. Um, a host of other things throughout history. You know, this is... So simple diseases that we have right now that are caused by bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, should we fuck this up and make bugs start to um, evolve because we're using overusing antibiotics? then simple diseases that we can currently give you an antibiotic for will no longer treat that disease, and we're going to start dying of really stupid shit. Oh, not to mention chlamydia. I mean, there's yeah. still millions of people who are infected with that, and you take a Z-pack and it's gone, and not a big deal, but what if it becomes bacterial um, antibiotic-resistant, which some strains of it already are starting to, um, you know, then you got real problems. So this is just wildly irresponsible. Plus it gives false hope. And guess what? There's already been a run on the malaria drug and some people actually do need it legitimately. Right. Um, now it is curious to me as, as a researcher, great. If, if we can have much larger controlled uh, studies and you know, it could be that what's happening for a lot of these COVID-19 sufferers is that, a secondary bacterial uh, pneumonia is developing, which makes recovery much harder and complicates it. Um, yeah, I could see that, certainly. And, and oftentimes when people have bad long-lasting viral infections, uh, doctors will prescribe a ZPAC uh, to stop a secondary bacterial infection. There may be something to that, but a sample size of 30 with supposedly six patients who seem to do better is not enough to declare this is something that we should do. And the president of the United States just got on Twitter and told the world to do that. I can't, I can't begin to explain how irresponsible that is. Yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and you know, there, there's not, even if there was something to it, there's not enough of these to go around and you're still going to have people that have, that need that have severe strep throat or other bacterial infections or you know uh, MRSA and and now we're gonna have a run on azithromycin. Yeah. This I is this is I, I can't even begin. Yeah. To explain how stupid and ir- and wildly out of control irresponsible it is, and then the hope that remember a couple days ago when Trump changed his tone oh, okay I guess this is serious after all and people were like oh if he gets it he's finally he's doing the right things and and there was an assumption he's gonna listen to the medical professionals and step aside no no Mm-mm. no you're not gonna get any of that and of course you know what's gonna happen in a week or two it's gonna come out that like Jared Kushner has stock in the company that is pushing this malaria drug right, right? or something right. like there it's not just that he's stupid and read something on Reddit and got excited I'm sure there's a more nefarious angle to it even than that and even then his ego and he needs to feel like you know he he's doing something or he fixed it or whatever I mean 
his lack of leadership is astounding already, but this is wholly a new level. And of five reckless. hours ago, and the tweet is still up. Unbelievable. So, so it means he's not listening to Fauci. He's probably not even listening to Pence because I'm sure Pence is like, eh, that's probably a bad idea. Um. And then, so when we are in times of crisis, we look to our leaders for comfort, right? <laughs> yeah. And he was at this press conference and some reporter asked him, um, what will you say to people who are scared? Yeah. Do you know what he said? He launched into a diatribe about how this is a terrible reporter. And it's a stupid question and you're a bad reporter. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what you should do if you're scared right now is um, just yell at reporters. Like, it's just, he just has no ability to manage anything, to be any kind of leader. We already knew that, but like, this is, it's just, it's terrifying. Yeah. It really is. So that's bad, uh, clearly. <clears throat> In terms of like where we're headed, um, there's obviously everybody's very freaked out about the economic impacts of this in the last couple of days because yes. those are the sort of the most sudden thing we're being punched in the gut with. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're basically shutting down the American economy for a month or two at least, depending on yeah. uh, sort of what happens. And that is highly problematic. And, you know... There's nothing Congress really could do, not underneath our current system, that can adequately uh, really bridge the gap and, and keep from a lot of suffering happening. What What's not being talked about, because they're talking about, okay, people are going to get checks and then this, and then like we've we've put a halt to, uh, you know, getting dropped from insurance in some cases or being evicted. In less large... Uh, property companies like suspend rent payments yep. and or things like that then you know that's not going to allay the crisis because but we always know that the people at the very top are always insulated from this and they're the first to get the bailouts well i think that's true to some extent um and i don't really care that much about um i guess my more my economic concern is definitely more for the people on on the ground, the masses of us. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of things that our government can do. We need to get real socialist real fast. And <clears throat> Which Republicans are all for in the last week or two, yeah. interestingly. Interestingly, because this virus doesn't give a shit if you have money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't care. Um, so I think things like, yeah, like no rent, um, no mortgages. Um, kids cancel all the student loans. Let's make healthcare free and accessible to everybody. Um, you know, let's pay everybody uh, who is a low-wage worker that we currently are realizing are the backbone of our economy because we don't normally think that way, which is so stupid. Um, let's pay them all a living wage. Let's make sure that they have free childcare. Um, there's a lot of things that we could do that would tremendously help. Um, mm -hmm. But we have to be willing to just really say, okay, you guys were right. <laughs> These are the things we have to do now because otherwise... Uh, the economic impact of this is going to be devastating, um, not just for the people on the ground, but also for just our economy in general. I don't know that it survives if we don't take some real serious steps here. Yeah, but, you know, that's not going to happen. They're not going to suspend student loan payments. They're not going to suspend rent and mortgage. It just doesn't never works that way. Well, they're already talking about doing that. They're talking about but it. But it is complicated. The, those they were not in the ear of. Congress people, the lobbyists. For so, 
from a local level, Denver um, has said that there are no evictions that will take place, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. But that comes with a couple of caveats for local people, and this will happen anywhere that evictions are um, suspended. What that means is that um, the so when eviction happens, basically the sheriff's department is responsible for coming out and putting the official notice on the door and then making sure that you evict all of your belongings and return your keys. So the mayor said, we're not doing that. The sheriff's office is not going to um, carry out any evictions. That does not mean that your landlord cannot evict you. It means that you don't have to leave, right? You can Mm -hmm. just not, and I would highly recommend not leaving. Um, But they can also assess a bunch of late fees and payments, and Mm -hmm. I don't know what it will look like after a couple of months if you can't pay your rent um, and how we're going to resolve that. But I think in an immediate emergent situation like this, when we're asking people to self-quarantine, um, we also can't then kick them out of their house. Yeah. So I think it's good. Um, and then in terms of mortgages, um, again, that's complicated because you have a mortgage service provider, but then you also have the sort of bank that backed the loan. And so that's going to be complicated. Um, but yeah, I, I, I recommend squatting. I also think... <laughs> We should be putting people in all of these empty houses um, around <coughs> town. Uh, that's a thing we could do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends, you know, how 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 far this thing goes. Um, uh, it's if you, when you talk to the medical professionals and the epidemiologists, like we know what to do to mitigate this the best we can. The problem is. Um, there's no coherent messaging. You still have people who absorb those first, that first week or two of Trump and Fox News saying this is no big deal, this is a hoax, just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of them are starting to come around, but we're so behind now. Yep. We put ourselves behind the eight ball and now it's a problem. <coughs> and so instead of being proactive, we've, we've been very reactive and... and uh, that's really problematic. Now, absolutely, to to slow down the spread, um, the quarantining things that are happening in a lot of major cities, but not all, are um, you know are are necessary and will be effective to a large degree. Now, in the rural places, that's a problem. It hasn't really affected them yet. It will, and there's a dearth of healthcare yeah. in those communities. So that's obviously extremely problematic and that's just something we have to wait for and and just see how it goes yeah um but you know we're really big on not taking the lessons from other countries we think, ah, we're better here we have it under better control we're smarter I mean, some of that is denialism and you know some of that is just this this sort of arrogance uh, meanwhile it's hit or miss like most of my my friends acquaintances people i know are definitely, you know, honoring the quarantine and, and not yeah. going out unless they have to. But I have other friends like, oh, yeah, I have five friends coming over. I'll make sure they wash their hands. We're all going to hang out. And it's like, no, no. that's that's I, I understand your desire to do that, but it's not something we can do right now. No, it just isn't. I'm so sorry. I'm very grateful to my friends and community that we've been doing a lot of um, getting really creative around social media and the internet and um, trying to find creative ways to still stay in touch that aren't just phone calls. Mm-hmm. So there's like a um, friend of the show, Jermaine, is doing a thing with the A24 Film Company. They have, I think, 
there's like 36 movies or something that they've put out mm-hmm. and we're big fans of a lot of those movies um so he's doing a bracket and everybody's gonna watch them and vote and that's a fun thing yeah. um keeps people <clears throat> indoors <laughs> for sure mm-hmm. um definitely had some like virtual coffee dates with some friends which was really helpful um sent out a request for people to make Spotify playlists and send them to me, which was awesome. Yes. Did that yesterday with a friend of mine, and then we just sort of texted back and forth about which song came on and what it reminded us of. And I don't know, it was just really like helpful and, and made me feel more connected to her for sure. Um, yeah, we have all this wonderful technology to connect. Now's the time to, to get utilize creative. it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to use it for a stupid, boring work meeting and, you know, use it to talk to your friends, get a group going with some of your old friends and yeah. talk about what's going on and, and you know, have not, some laughs. Yeah. yeah. Send some memes. Um, I'm going to try to do something. Um, I, I'm sure there already are systems in place for this, but like some kind of online poker tournament mm-hmm. with everybody. Um where we can all log on and chat and play poker so it's not just talking about what's happening but it's actively doing something else also mm-hmm. i also highly recommend the too cute marathon on animal planet <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been helping me so much um it's just baby animals running around that's not that's it that's all it is yeah uh, but there it is important for us to stay connected because isolation and loneliness we know are bad for your health um and so even though we can't see each other in person, um, get creative. And if you f- have creative ideas, tweet at us, email us. We'll retweet them. Um, let's see if we can get something. We're all creative bunch, right? Let's see if we can get some yeah. good ideas going. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. What else you got? Mm. <laughs> I know. Um. I, people need to understand that even with the best mitigation that we're doing, there's still an excellent chance that um, you will contract this illness at some point. Um, let's let's say best case scenario, after a month to two, uh, first of all, assuming that we undergo these radical uh, isolation, uh, we take these steps... And also we get fucking testing in order. Yeah, we, yeah, that's the other that's huge problem nightmare. that we're having. Yep, we, we don't have enough testing. Which uh, will make it worse. Yeah. Um, there's still a good chance, you know, this is... You're going to contract this at some point. And that's, that's, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind, is that for a lot of people, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. You'll, you'll have essentially the flu for a week or so. But, you know, then you really have to be vigilant about not spreading it and staying indoors. And um, Yeah, if you get this thing and you go outside, you're dead to me. Yeah. You cannot. You cannot. And if you have to, for some emergency reason, please have a mask, cover your face. Like, mm-hmm. because even if you're not going to die from it, if you have it and you know it and you're spreading it around, that's murderous. I mean, it's really, please don't do that. I, I know we have the most wonderful listeners, and I don't imagine that they would, but that's the thing that would just be, you can't. But that's the scary part, is we don't know. I could have it right now. Yeah. And not know. Um, and be contagious, and not know. Yeah, we have, why ter- you have, to we have terrible allergies, and they've been terrible over the last few days. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're 99% sure it is just allergies, but we're not 
hundred percent sure. Right. We, you know, we don't know. We're certainly not sick enough where we think we need medical attention. Like we don't have a fever. We don't no. have any of the no. classic symptoms, but no. like, yeah, you know, could be, could be have a very low grade case of it or barely symptomatic with, you know, just, I mean, that's the scary part about this one is you can be asymptomatic and contagious, mm-hmm. which is why this is, I think that's the thing people don't understand. It's like, that's the worst combination of things is for it to be highly contagious and also asymptomatic and contagious Mm -hmm. because then we're running into exactly what we're saying is like you don't know that you're sick and so you're spreading it around without even trying which is one of the reasons that we're just trying to lock everything down yeah that's why you have to sit at home even if you're not sick yet yeah you just have to sit because you don't know yeah but in terms of not having everybody yet take this seriously again it's one of those things we'll be very reactive to it it'll you know it'll be you know, when it starts sweeping across communities, that's when people, oh, I better stay indoors, yeah, right? right? And that's what's happening in New York now. We're kind of on the verge of it right now yeah. as a country, right? We're a couple weeks <clears throat> behind Italy. And we did, I think, learn from their lessons. We definitely quarantined earlier um, and took some steps because of what was happening over there. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't do it uh, when it first started in China. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we're on the verge of it was what I was going to say. I think that in the next week or so mm-hmm. um, is when we're going to start to see a real uptick. Because there's sort of a doubling effect with the infection rates. Mm-hmm. You start out with 30 cases, and then a week later you have 800 cases, and then a week later you have 30,000 cases. So it's like yeah. it really goes very, very quickly once it starts. And I think we're sort of going to be on the verge of that. And hopefully it doesn't – hopefully we've done enough in terms of – isolating ourselves that it doesn't overwhelm the medical system right yeah that whole flattening the curve thing i hope that we've accomplished that and we'll find out well you know new york they're at they're they're getting to the breaking point already yeah um so that's 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 worrisome my other real concern is my cousin is an anesthesiologist here in denver Mm -hmm. and uh they're running out of ppe so they're having a mask shortage yeah. currently. Um, I have a bunch of people that are seamstresses who are, and it's not better, it's not good that they're doing this be, as opposed to wearing a surgical mask, but they're sewing masks out of cloth to give to emergency personnel because that's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's, again, the concern isn't necessarily that everyone's going to die, but the supply chain uh, and the the weight of all of this on the system that just simply wasn't prepared for it um, is is what the real concern is. And mm-hmm. I have real concern for our healthcare workers. You know, they're out on the front lines saving people's lives and we were not prepared <coughs> enough to have enough fucking masks. I mean, we just didn't listen to the pandem- pandemic scientists and, and epidemiologists and they've been saying there was a video... Uh, Bill no, Gates yeah. did back in 2015, and yeah. he said, "You know, we're not ready for a pandemic. Should it come?" And that was five years ago. Time so. is is always of the essence with these things, and and that week that that Trump spent dithering around saying this is not a thing because it makes me look bad. It's it's gonna cost lives. It's going. Yeah. To cost yeah. thousands of lives. I was that annoying person at work, literally running around the office yelling and screaming during that week, being mm-hmm. like, "What are we doing here?" We should not be here. This is to be taken seriously. Look at what's happening in Italy. And everyone was like, that's just, you're just being insane. 
And by the end of the week, they finally relented and sent us home. And by that point, people were like, oh. And those are the people who, this freak, is what you were who, saying. who freak out the most, right? Yeah. When it like when reality hits them, they panic by the toilet paper. Yeah. yeah. That's like what I said on Twitter, right? Like your average American, usually the male, but like your average American white male will get on Twitter and say, this whole coronavirus thing is overblown. What a crock. And then he'll run to Costco and yell at his wife that she's not loading the toilet paper on the cart fast enough. Right. Um, it's yeah. all a crock of shit because yeah. that makes me edgy, but I'm also going to go panic by everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still the case. Uh, I haven't been <laughs> to the grocery store in a couple of days, but, you know, we got our fill of toilet paper. I think we're still doing okay. We are. Uh, but if we needed We some... didn't panic by. We bought 12 rolls for yeah. two weeks, which yeah. is about right. Yeah. They say you're going to use about 10 yeah. for one man, one woman. Yeah. Sis. Man and woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got 12 and we're... Right on track. Um, also, our apartment manager bought a whole bunch because he was like, I am not about to have people flushing weird shit down yeah. the toilets. Yeah, and then, smart. <laughs> yeah, so. And our work, uh, my work also is, is given, given some out or selling some very cheap, apparently, if we need it. Nice. So. Yeah. We have that covered, but, you know, in terms of everything else, yeah, there's a shortage of masks. There's a shortage of gowns, apparently. There's a shortage of ventilators. You still can't find a hand sanitizer anywhere in the country. Nope. How do, are the wipes out also most places? Because we are running low on those. Probably. Yeah. Um, last I checked, yeah, you couldn't find any. Um, you know, they restock overnight. A lot of people are like, why are they closing the grocery stores early? If anything, they should be open later. It's because they're selling out of everything every day. You have to, to restock an entire grocery store. And to store. restock like whole sections of a store, you need more time than you usually would. Obviously. You can't just do it. Overnight, you got to start at like eight o'clock at night so. and have more people. Like, yeah, I worked in the grocery store when I was a kid, and I've never seen anything like this in my life. Um, and I can't imagine how overwhelmed the overnight stalkers are. Yeah. So, I think it's absolutely makes sense that they close at eight. Yep. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So, that's where we are. Um, I don't have any like fun or interesting news to talk about <laughs> i just uh yeah i really i really don't either um you know i i think just the reality of what's happening and what's going to happen as it sets in i think people are, are for the most part reacting fairly stoically right now which yeah. is which is fine like panicking doesn't help anything but um you know we we've been in this sort of and i go back to trump right like and look, no matter who, if it, if Hillary Clinton was president right now, we would still have a massive problem yep. with this virus. Yeah. It's not like everything would be fine. It would go away. But like we would have been, I believe, so ahead of the curve. Yep. So much more ahead of the curve. We would have and, had a and the mitigation, team of pandemic scientists still at the CDC. So that would have been helpful. That would have been helpful. And the mitigation strategies would have happened sooner and... People would have called her a crazy, reactionary, yeah. hysterical woman, and she would not have cared. Um, yeah, it would have saved money. It would have saved lives, and we'd be in better shape. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, we were sort of in this um, sort of gilded reality with, you know, Trump was president, and for a long time, things were just humming along. Yeah. From now, granted, like nah. if, not if you're poor or brown or for it's a lot always of been the case. Mm-hmm. But like for your average middle-ish class American, white, 
why i mean even if you couldn't stand trump things were still humming along you still had a job you could still you were annoyed by him on twitter there was still toilet was paper on the shelves mm-hmm. but but you know we we called in other people called it like sooner or later there will be a real crisis yeah. and and i was most worried about i mean like they say like you're if you're a carpenter and you have a hammer everything looks like a nail my mm-hmm. my concern has always been public health because that was my yeah field of study and work and and uh, you know I, I that was my biggest fear like a public health crisis now i was worried about something even worse which still could happen but um you know i i i it's one of the things i said I, like i went back like in 2016 i was like okay great dad what happens when there's a pandemic mm-hmm. and here's your answer right um and I, I i get no pleasure out of saying i told you so you know, <laughs> when I'm as affected as, as potentially as anybody else, the, the, you, yeah. the, the science and the, the big world out there and, and virology is, is big, complicated, important stuff. That's why when you become to become a doctor, an epidemiologist, like you have to do a lot of studying and you have to do a lot of research and you have to understand how research works. Um, we're, it's back to the why don't you just stuff, right? Right. Like we're, we're still living under the veneer of your uncle who says, why don't they just do this simple thing that seems so simple? Why do they have to make everything so complicated? Right. Why is it so hard, you know? Well, and maybe if anything good comes out of this, it will be like science does matter and we should listen to experts and no. we should hire experts and we should retain experts and we should then listen to them you know it's one thing to hire one it's an entirely other thing to listen to them when they tell you something and then do what they say not for white people they'll never learn i mean you know we we didn't really learn everything anything after the housing crisis in terms of the banks right and and once we get through this i don't think we used to be this anti-science this is relatively new phenomenon i would say in the past 20 or so years yeah like we didn't maybe 30 right we didn't used to be this this virulently anti-science well things like science and and pollution and and it was never a partisan thing no back in the day we talked about that right nixon is the person responsible the clean air and clean water act because it wasn't political it was people's air and fucking water yeah and then the lobbyists got involved which is the fossil fuel industry and Mm -hmm. said nope no you can't listen to them it's hurting our business and it's all fake anyway political yep Right, and it was us hippie tree huggers that yeah. were fucking everything up. Yeah. And, but um, in any in, in any event, yeah. I hope we can reverse course on that. Is all I'm saying. Like I hope. I we hope can we can too. It. I just don't have a lot of faith because I, you know, I I, I see what has emerged a lot of it, like thanks to the internet and and with in terms of the anti-vaxxer movement and you know climate denialism. There's just this belief. It's always among white people. By the way, I think they this anti-vaxxer movement is going to be dead after this, by the way. <laughs> no. I do. It's I do. Way, it's too strong. And I too... don't think so. I disagree. I think that if it were <laughs> any other kind of crisis, you might be right. But this is a health crisis where people are dying from disease. And I think anti-vaxxers are going to look really stupid when they start talking about how the disease isn't really that bad. And now looking at how disease spreads and how it can become a pandemic because people aren't vaccinated. I mean, not that this one did, but like looking at the spread of how disease is spread, I think 
maybe the people that are already anti-vaxxers won't change their mind, but I think that movement going forward is dead. I think there's no way you're going to start recruiting new people having just gone through this to convince them not to do everything they can to protect their children and not to do everything they can to prevent another pandemic of something that we can control. That's I, what uh, I think. I didn't, I didn't ever think I would say this, but I actually think you have much more faith in white people than I do. <laughs> I think if it's, if it's stupid... And you can... You don't of, see my point? I, I do see your point, but I don't think it's going to move people because there's still going to be that... Nah, that that's junk, too cynical. That junk science out there. Uh-uh. Because the junk science, it doesn't matter if if your, if your lived experience is directly contrary to what the junk science says, because you've literally just gone through the thing that they told you wasn't going to happen, then fuck the junk science, I think. Maybe for those who are directly affected, maybe, but then it's not a perfect uh, analogy because there is no vaccine for this and there won't be for 12 to 18 months. Um, you know, I, I would say this about the, uh, the anti <laughs> the anti-vaxxers they're, they're, um, you know, they, they, they do this thing, right? Where they, their new call is to lump it in with the distrust of the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. and, and of course people should distrust the pharmaceutical yeah. industry but like they don't use the, the the sort of the common sense that like you know you shouldn't trust the oil industry either but you still need to put gas in your car right so if you were going to take that logical sort of um your mistrust of the pharmaceutical industry should be around money yeah. and economics not around the science. No, they, they, they get rich selling a bunch of people vaccines because people need vaccines. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's the unfortunate reality, right? Right. right. Like, I, I don't You should trust... hate them and mistrust them when they increase the cost of insulin to yeah. make it unaffordable, but you still need insulin. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to follow that logic train, I guess don't put gas in your car because gas doesn't really work. Because we don't I mean, trust... some people do believe We don't that. trust the oil and gas industry, so maybe your car will just run on its own i mean that's it's yeah it's yeah and and yeah i don't have faith that those that that movement is dead you know? i don't i don't have faith i have uh i think it's a strong possibility okay can i, I talk- think you're just gonna sound so stupid everyone just went through this once we're done yeah and we see the death tolls and we see everybody's gonna know somebody who got it right most of us are probably going to know someone, even if it's peripherally, who dies. And yeah. it's about disease <clears throat> spread and herd immunity and prevention and all the stuff that is in wrapped up in that movement that they try to deny. Everyone's going to have fucking lived through. And then you're going to tell me not to vaccinate my kid because all that stuff's not true. And I just fucking lived it. Like, go fuck yourself. Can I talk about herd immunity for a minute? <clears throat> yeah. Um, the British government had the very dumb idea to say once... You know, things were starting to unravel in Italy. Like, let's do nothing and let's go ahead and and let everybody who's going to get sick with it be sick with it. And those who are going to die, die. And then everybody will be immune. Oh, my God. The pro... Well, I mean, there's myriad problems with it. But the the pure scientific problem with it, if if you were going to... uh, If there was just an ethical... um, place where you came to that said that's okay or right. like that that Which is I don't know how you get there but that is the best solution ultimately it'll save the best lives if you deduce that is that it's wrong yep um these sort of viruses mutate a lot 
very quickly. So what you would be doing is putting yourself in a position where this would be an annual thing of millions of people dying from this virus. Right, potentially. And also, like, it just doesn't work that way. No. Any <laughs> amount of... There was this really fun little... Um, I think it was at the Washington Post last week. This little, like, bouncing dot mm-hmm. that showed... Um, why quarantining works and the different ways in which we quarantine and yeah. doing nothing right infects everybody real fast yeah. and then even like a slight barrier like what we're doing right now where like it's isolation but it's also not everybody's isolated it slows it down tremendously um everybody the same amount of people ultimately probably get sick because we are still being exposed to each other but it mm-hmm. slows it down so much and then total isolation it, the people who are sick are sick and nobody else gets it, which is not really possible entirely. Um, yeah. But it was really helpful just to look at like why that's really stupid. <laughs> makes no sense. No, no. And that's in, and again, when you're talking about the highest levels of the British government, now you have the same type of people in charge right. who are in charge here. Right. And that's what you get. You get the why don't you just. Well, crowd. and their medical system is no more equipped to handle everybody getting sick all at once than ours is. No. Um, no, they won't get a bunch of surprise bills. Right. At least there's that. But if <laughs> right? that's so stupid, like, yeah, just let everybody get sick. And then, oh, we don't have any way to handle all these sick people because everybody got sick at once. That's right. the whole point of this quarantine. Right. <sighs> and, and I think it was Elon Musk said, oh, I'll build your ventilators. Like, do you have any expertise on that? Do you have any experience with that? How are you going to do well, that? Well, he's got exactly? billions of dollars, so fuck it. Yeah, do that. Hire some people who do. It's not that easy. Well, I mean, to get to get that like sort of supply chain up and running and build a ventilator factory would take many more months than, like, we need it now. (laughs) That's the problem. Right. Yeah. Because we are not prepared for this. We did not prepare for. And so maybe it's a good idea if this comes around again for the next time, or if there's another big spike in the fall, if you can get it done that quick. But like. Elon Musk can't snap his fingers and make a ventilator factory tomorrow. Right, so. but he doesn't know that because he's rich and he's white and he's a dude. And he doesn't get no very often. Right, right. Yeah, like wasn't he going to build a submarine to trap the kids and get the yeah. kids in Thailand? I yeah. don't think that ever quite no, worked out. No, everyone was like, fuck off, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so there's that. We're about coming up on the break. You know what I want to do in the second half? Let's mm. change gears and talk about a little pop culture and entertainment. Okay. I'm going to tell you the things I've been watching. Yeah. We can talk about some good Netflix recommendations. Some podcasts. podcast recommendations. We'll talk about them a little bit just because for our own mental health and yours, I think like. Let's be done talking about this. <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. For a minute. Like if there's anything more pressing that we think of to say. Um, and again, we'll, we'll go with the same message as we've always been just. You have to pretty much, not only at this point, I hate to say this, not only do you ignore Trump and Pence, but even the the, the people around him have realized, like, we have to couch everything we say in kissing Trump's ass first, or right. we won't even be, be able to allow to speak. So even that you have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, Dr. Fauci, yes, still listen to him. He's the best voice we have. But, you know, other than that, find good trusted medical expert sources yeah um and not not the president and not government leadership yeah unfortunately yeah you know yeah that's just where we are all right we're gonna take a quick break come back we're gonna talk about some non-coronavirus related stuff or maybe like well somewhat non-coronavirus related stuff there's one (laughs) thing i want to talk about entertainment that has to do with it okay and uh we'll be right 
right back with okay. it. personally uh, know somebody who is affected by the coronavirus. It's actually a state rep, uh, Daphna Michelson-Janay, who, whose campaign we worked on and hoped to get elected to defeat a really horrible, awful garbage person in her district. Uh, she has tested positive for the coronavirus, which is bad because she is a cancer patient who recently underwent chemotherapy, so she's already immunocompromised. And uh, she's in our thoughts, and we're keeping our eye on that. Yeah. And so she's a wonderful lady. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about how we're fun sure, things. How people are keeping themselves entertained. How we're keeping ourselves entertained or trying to. One thing I mentioned last night, like I'm looking when I look at Hulu or Netflix or anything, like the top of the lists for stuff people are watching are like Outbreak. Pandemic. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I cannot imagine anything worse. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about this. I was giving it some thought, right? Because the the thinking is, why would you watch a movie about a scary pandemic when you're in the middle of a scary pandemic? Mm -hmm. But two things came to mind. Um, First is, like, maybe some people need to turn to the movies to see like what happens how does this unfold <laughs> like i've never lived through this so what Let's what is what does hollywood say yeah how do we get out of this oh it's the happy ending right <clears throat> yeah if there is one yeah uh the second thing that i kind of thought of was and this might be a subconscious thing like the the pandemics in those movies is way worse right it's like it threatens the entire world's population right. or a large part of it right and like the 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 course of the disease is so much like much more awful, like you know the bleeding from the inside out and things like that. Right. And so maybe people are watching that and be like, it could be worse. Right. <laughs> At least it's not this. <laughs> At bad. least it's not this. At least it's not outbreak. Well, yeah. Now another thing that's really interesting though is like, and this also might be a subconscious thing, like. I, I have a, a soft spot for watching Law and Order SVU, and it's it's like horribly unrealistic in a myriad ways, but like mostly I think I I like it because it's it's a universe where prosecutors and cops actually care about victims and like finding the truth and like all the stuff they don't actually do in real life. Right. It's not just about like getting somebody and thrown in jail whether they're guilty or not. Right, and also they actually like you know put yeah. people in jail. Yeah, it's, that, it's, that do that. They, yeah, the bad people so, actually go to jail. Like it's. Uh, 
I can't watch it with you because it makes me crazy. Yeah. And I ruin it for you. <laughs> I just am like, no. And also, yeah, I'm not fun to watch that. But way. in these outbreak or pandemic movies, like the the president and like political leadership are very minor characters if you see them at all. They're usually right. like underground, hidden away, and it's the public health people that are like running the show. The epidemiologists and, like and the doctors. Super adept and they have all the resources they could they, possibly Yeah, they have need, all the, like the government just turns it over like, okay, okay. save us smart people and that know have, how to deal with this. There's no like supply shortages. They just, we've been ready for this. We've been prepared for this. Now we just have to get through it. And they're, everyone's very competent and yeah. everyone listens to them and it's <laughs> yeah. great. They run the show and they, they sort of guide the military around. If the military pushes back, they... Like, hold them off if they yeah. can. And, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, again, <coughs> I think, you know, maybe, I don't know if people are just, oh, the pandemic's happening. I want to watch a pandemic movie because it's entertaining. Like, that doesn't make much sense to me. No. But, like, I think some of these other things might be coming into play psychologically. I think you're probably right about that. It's just interesting to me. I have no desire to watch any of those oh, movies. Oh, no. So I'm, I, I'm living I, in it. I would literally um, rather put needles in my eyes than watch any of those films. That is the worst thing I could do for my brain. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. The best thing I've done for my brain, I'm going to give you two. Okay. One is called Feel Good. It is an LGBTQ show um, written and starring... This woman um, named May, May, May Marks, I want to say. Anyway, okay. it's lovely and wonderful. She's a stand-up comedian, um, like pretty like butch lesbian sort of, right? But super hot. Um, she stars in it. It's sort of loosely based on her own life mm-hmm. and uh, falls in love with <clears throat> a woman who previously identified as straight uh, until she met May. Um and goes through how that works. And it's really lovely, and um, I just loved it. I thought it was lovely and, and just really nice to see, like, ladies in love and not in crisis. Um, although mm-hmm. May uh, is a recovering um, drug addict, okay. and so there's some of that in there, but it's just there's just a lot of really uh, beautiful moments in it that I really loved. And it's a comedy, so it's not sad. Um, and there's so often, I think, when we talk about marginalized communities and we make films and shows and things about them, we try to focus on our trauma. And I don't want to always do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to have every movie about gay people being how they died of AIDS or right. how they got kicked out of their home or how mm-hmm. they're, you know, this was just a movie about people in love and they just happened to be women. So I really loved it. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. And then got to talk about The Tiger King. Oh, right. I only saw bits and pieces of it because you were watching the this whole thing. This is the most bananas thing I have ever seen, I will say. Uh, it's a documentary series on Netflix, and it covers this case about this guy. You may have heard of this. People um, buy and adopt exotic pets mm-hmm. and then keep them in their homes. There mm-hmm. was that case out of Ohio where this guy had all these lions. Mm-hmm. And then, and like bears and things, and then he just let them out in this town. <laughs> it's not funny because they all got shot and I, murdered. I know it's not funny, um, but it's just insane. It is insane. Um, so these are the sort of step up from those crazy people, or people like I bought a chimp, and then yeah. two that years later, the chimp is a gigantic wild animal in yeah. my house and mauled me. And it's like, of course it did. Yeah. Of course it did. Um, so anyway, these people are like a sort of step up from that. 
and they buy and then in some cases breed uh, particularly big cats so tigers um lions leopards jaguars all those kind of things Mm -hmm. but they keep them in like these private zoos Mm -hmm. and it's very controversial because um two reasons one the it's sort of two groups that are pitted against each other one is this crazy eccentric i mean he's i don't even know how to explain the tiger king and he has one of the ones where he breeds the tigers Mm -hmm. and then has people come in and you're allowed to pet tiger cubs Mm -hmm. and then he also sells them which is illegal Mm -hmm. um and then this woman who owns a a rescue uh where there is no like touching and there is no um breeding yeah. and so these two develop a feud because she wants they're both to equally crazy <clears throat> completely just in different completely, ways completely completely right and so they develop what lovingly i call it a feud but then becomes a fucking crazy blood feud because they're both nuts yeah and that's the sort of basis of it but there's also like a murder that had happened and then like a murder for hire plot and then like a Suicides cult and, and like all it's just it just gets weirder and weirder. I know it sounds weird, and I know it sounds like maybe not up your alley. I just turned it on and then was sucked in so hard that it was a super great distraction. Yeah. Um, he also ran for governor of Oklahoma. He ran for president first, uh, and then that didn't work out. So then he <laughs> ran for governor, and that also did not work, work out. out yeah. <clears throat> so, highly, highly recommend if you need um, something that will entirely distract your brain, because it did for me. Can we talk about Star Trek Picard? Yes. I mean, I know we're like nine episodes in, and uh, we've only seen, finally seen the first one. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, tell people why all of a sudden you have a keen interest in the show. In in Star Trek. And well, in Picard in particular. Well, I mean, because I think that it's the sort of premise of the anti-colonialism is that what you want me to talk about well just about how like i got used into watching star trek the next generation yeah and you didn't know what to think of it at first and now it's like your favorite show i love it so much <laughs> i love it so much it's exactly like that sort of idealized world where you know the military is not oppressive and um trying to colonize everyone and make everyone like them it's sort mm-hmm. of more of a curiosity thing and Explore a supporting and thing and exploring. Make a big, giant, galactic community. Exactly, yeah. but you don't try to make that community into you, and there's like specific rules around how you're not allowed to intervene, and you're not yeah. allowed to make different rules because you don't agree with them. And That's um, what they call the prime directive for yeah, Star Trek nerds, not Star Trek nerds. Yeah, it's like this, it's like fantasy land. It's like watching yeah, the Western. Yeah, all created by Gene Roddenberry, yeah. <coughs> but it's lovely. And it's, uh, yeah, it's become like my very favorite thing. So we got through most of Next Gen because like I've been having her on a crash course, but there's like mm-hmm. hundreds of episodes. So, yeah, you know, we're coming back and watching some of the other ones now. And he but, skipped over some of the like yeah. real cheesy ones because he was trying to get me to like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, I ended up loving it. And now we're going back and watching some of the ones that I skipped. So Yeah. Well, the but we really wanted to watch Picard. And we watched the first episode, and yeah, that was not. They have some interesting ideas, but it just looks like it's going to be a big dumb action thing. I mean, one of the things I love about Star Trek: The Next Generation is I can watch one episode, mm-hmm. and it tells this very intense, often story of mm-hmm. conflict and all the stuff, and then it's that it's all wrapped up. 
Yeah. Right? At the end, it's solved and everything's fine and everybody's okay. And then we move on. And this feels very much not like that. And I know that that's an old, old timey kind of way to make television. And so mm-hmm. I get why they're doing this. Yes, it's a serial, as they, they yeah. used to call it. <clears throat> but it doesn't feel Star Trek y to me. Enough. No, I like. I think they got all the the because every every episode of Next Gen is like there's this moral dilemma question. Do we do this? If we yes. do this, it's gonna cause that, and it could hurt this person. But we really need to do that. This is the best way to solve the problem. Like that's why they're so interesting. That's why they like you like you get emotionally involved in all the episodes, right? Yeah. This one, I think they got that out of the way in the first five minutes, and now it's just dumb action. Yeah. Like the 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 moral quandary, if you haven't seen it yet, is that Picard did this thing to help save uh, the planet of Romulus because their star blew up. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, androids attacked Mars, and then so it, we so now the Federation doesn't like any non non humanoid Federation people. And so he doesn't agree with that. And then they, they move past that real quick. And they're also against the Romulans. Yeah. He, that was a really beautiful moment, I thought. He's doing a <clears throat> interview with this, like, Fox News kind of lady. Yeah, yeah. They're even called, and, like, FNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, she's... Really on the nose. Yeah, yeah. She's sort of interrogating him about this terrible decision that he made to save all of these Romulans and why wasn't it that he was saving humans? And he was like, no, they're people. Yeah. We save all the people. Right. Save the most people, regardless of their, whatever you want to call it. But um, then they move past that and there's there's something with an android yeah. and an android sister and Romulans are building a Borg cube and it's like, ah, oh, not And then really it was just kind of, yeah, lost us a little bit. We were yeah. like, oh, this, this fell off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get bored. We'll watch the rest of it, I guess. Totally, but... but yeah, we got plenty of time. We do. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's. Just, it's. It's not next generation. No, it's not. Like, but they don't do that anymore, right? Like, we would love the next generation, but with like cooler special effects would be fine. Right. But they don't do that because people want to see the blow explosions and space battles like, and I don't lasers. Know. I don't find myself getting like distracted by next gen special effects for the most part. I think it holds well, it, up pretty well. Yeah, it's no, it's not bad, sure, but like every every time there's a fight, like a battle, like it it's you know it feeds into the plot. It's not just right. for the sake of. And they're usually pretty like short. Yeah. To the point. Yeah. Like there's a fight, and then the fight's over, and that resolved whatever the fight was about. Right. It's not like these long, drawn out action sequences of pew pew pew, and then no. this blows up, and then that blows up. No, and that then... happened at the end of Deep Space Nine, which we started watching, yeah. and then kind of fell off. Yeah. Uh, which we could circle back around to if you want, but um, okay. Anything else to say about Star Trek? <laughs> Just I love it, and I was not—I did not grow up watching it. I did not think I liked it. I did not. I just didn't. Find you still any value in it? You still haven't really watched the original series yet either. No. You would like it because it's in the same vein as Next Gen. Oh, but it's like. Oh man, the '60s like yeah. hair and styles and everything is really dated. Like I've definitely seen a couple of them one off when I was a kid because mm-hmm. my best friend's dad was a fan, mm-hmm. and he took us to go see one of the movies when I was young, and I don't remember which one it was. Um, yeah, in like a abandoned strip mall that had a movie theater in it, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. um, and I had no idea. What you was had going no on. context. I had so, no. I was yeah. like, okay, this is fine because it's an action movie, I guess. Right. But I did not know who any of these people are or like. I don't even remember it right, very well. Right. Um, but sometimes we would sit while he was watching his his show. I don't remember what, because it was on at a certain time, so it wasn't reruns, 
and I was probably between the ages of like eight and twelve. So, so that was the next generation. Was so it? You were watching episodes okay. of Next Gen, yeah, because yeah. it was Picard and. It wasn't like Kirk and Spock. And no, no. And it was old. like, I remember Worf was a thing. Yeah. So that must be, that must be right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love it. And if you haven't ever watched it, now's a good time to start. Yeah. It's on Netflix. <laughs> and if you tweet Travis, he'll tell you the best episodes to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about, you know, doing a podcast to just re-explore the next gen. Oh, now I can do it with you. Because exactly. I was always thinking like, I got to find somebody who's super into next gen. And it's like, <laughs> oh no, now I got somebody. Well, and I think it's interesting. You had said before that rewatching it with me has changed your perspective on some of it. Oh, and yeah. And just you being you oh, now. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of shit I didn't pick up on. All these feminist stuff and anti-colonial yeah. and anti-law enforcement. And, yeah. Like, it's a very subversive show. It is. It's real subtle, though. It is. And I pick up on it immediately. And yeah. I'm like, oh, did you just see what they did there? Yeah. And I think probably a lot of people didn't. But... but yeah, clearly. The rest of us, it's wonderfully subversive. It's wonderful. And there's still some little problematic moments here and there. Oh, yeah. But, like... For the most part, yeah, it's really they like. They really did a good but, job. But Gene Roddenberry's vision, we're like, no, men and women are equal, and there's no racism, and it's a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really, it really nails that. And, yeah. And 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 that's why some of the Picard stuff's a little disappointing in that, like, okay, yeah, he's still that way, but the rest of the Federation isn't. And it's, yeah. It's a little. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I can see why that's frustrating. Yeah. But I can see why they're doing it, too. I, I thought that it was interesting that, like, from my perspective, because there were these two global events that, like, really rocked everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That maybe that that trauma changes the way the Federation views their prime directive in a way, sort of like 9-11, right? Mm, yeah. And suddenly we have all of this, like, super increased military infrastructure. Not that we didn't already have this before 9-11, but just sort of, like ramped the sense of like us and them and and that kind of thing i thought Mm -hmm. maybe that was where he was trying to go with it yeah but it was not i don't want to watch that i already lived that i want to watch the other thing (laughs) i want to watch the fantasy land (laughs) exactly exactly that that's the whole escapist idea of it Mm -hmm. you know if we want to just see about how people hate each other just turn on cnn and how we're not cooperating yeah like that's that's the life we have to deal with now um, how do you think this affects that? Like, how do you think after everybody around the globe endures the same exact thing? How do you, how do you, what do you think about I'm, how I'm, that affects I'm us? way more cynical than you are. I mean, we see it already, right? With the finger pointing and the administration trying to call it the Chinese virus. Yeah, but that's, and, that's the administration. Like, I don't know. I see well, a lot they, of... Well, they do, they're doing that because there's currency in it. If it was globally rejected, then, you know, they'd get booed off the stage every time they do it but they're not it's like if there's indifference or some people cheer it and run on twitter and like, why not call it the chinese virus called it the spanish flu you know like there, there isn't a big outcry against that kind of stuff so i also see a lot of people rallying together though too okay i see a lot of people reaching out and trying to do things to help other people you mm-hmm. know um in direct ways, which I think has been the really interesting part about Twitter during a crisis, is that prior, you know, I think you donate money to, like, the Red Cross or something, right? And I think mm-hmm. people are definitely more directly funding individual people. Yeah. Which is so much more helpful. Or groups. Like, we saw, like, the, the, the group that's together for tipping 
like we have a wait staff tip pool going on now. Yeah. And some like every time like you have that. a drink at home, tip a bartender right. through their Venmo. But it's like through their Venmo, right? right. Like pick a bartender and tip them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Roxanne Gay did this big thing where she agreed to donate $100 to 100 people um, who needed it for direct, just like I need to pay my bills, I don't have groceries, whatever. And then a lot of her followers started doing that. And then Barack Obama like retweeted her and was like, this is what people are doing. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. And I think that's something new and interesting. Um, I also see a lot of people just offering like, hey, if you have to go to work and you have kids, I can take care of them. You know, if you are in this state or whatever, like especially on Facebook, I'm seeing a lot of community that. Uh, makes me really happy and I realize that I'm in a bubble there but sure but you know it's heartening the the question is what does the world do in reaction to this but the world is made up of individuals right and so if Mm. every individual is going through this I don't know I'm hopeful that maybe there's some sense of community after this is over there's some sense of like we all just fuck we all just went through that you know like trauma bonding in some way Mm. that could be helpful i'm just mm. i'm just saying it's possible <laughs> it's possible i you wish cannot, i shared your optimism you cannot disagree with me that it's possible sure yeah you can anything's think it's unlikely i do but can we just have a moment of like maybe something maybe maybe it maybe well I, I, what, if we all try on a we, global level if enough people decide they want to live in a community and not you know uh, not build up walls literal or figurative then we get closer to that yeah you know and we do what we can uh but you know unfortunately i don't agree i don't share your optimism i think when this is all over we point fingers and build bigger walls and you know people like stephen miller try to force more immigration restrictions down our throat and I, i sadly think people like joe biden play to some of those fears a little bit and he hedges a little more than he would have after this, I, I hope I'm wrong. I think it goes the other way. Okay. I think they try that, but I think most people are not going to be on board. I hope. But I, I really do. I think the general public worldwide may reject that because it's bullshit. Maybe, but if you if you polled all of America right now, I think rough, roughly 50%... If you asked them how did this start, they would say a, a, a weird, gross Chinese person ate a bat because that's yeah. what weird, gross Chinese people do. And then the Chinese sent us this damn plague. I'd say roughly 50 percent. And, and you know, that's the reality of it. Maybe it's lower than that. But even if it's 30 percent, then we are so far off from getting where we need to be in terms of a global community. Uh, I would hope so. And, and and again, when you get synergy behind these things, that's when opinions change and people's hearts change, right? Yes. So, I, Do you, you know. think that a month ago, Italians would have come together as a community and opened their balconies and sung together? No, because fuck no. your neighbors and I don't give a shit about anybody. Probably not. But they're no. going through this thing together that everyone has to go through and that can bring about... Sure, but it can't. Change. It can't be just the people in Sicily, or then just the people here. Just the, like it's got to be bigger. It's get more walls and borders have to come down. And, and right, I think, but I'm saying every literal person on this planet is going through the same thing at the same time. And once it's yeah. over in a couple of months. Well, no, more like a year. Right. At best. I th- I don't know. I I feel optimistic that okay. there may be some 
some good. Well, tables have turned. Usually you're more, more pessimistic than me about these things. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know if that's true. No, I think it is. Mm. I think it is. Okay. But we'll see. I, I hope you're right. And I certainly endorse, you know, trying to, trying to build a community and, and do these things in a community. But, you know, a big part of that is we have to get back to respecting science and respecting experts. And, and Well, and I think the other thing we're going to learn in terms of community, the way that our community already knows to do, is that you don't count on the government for things. We count on each other for things. Because the Mm -hmm. government is not our friend, never has been, and it never will be. Um, And so it really, in a sense of community building, is about, like, how's your neighbor doing? Are they old? Don't make them go to the grocery store. Don't let them go to the grocery store, right? Like, that kind of community building, and then it expanded a little more and a little more, and eventually we don't need cops to come to our neighborhood. Well, one thing... You know, I want to say, like, no one, no one's even talking about the presidential primary at this oh, point, God, really, cares. anymore. Yeah. And, like, the other day, Bernie snapped at a reporter. And was like, well, what are you going to do about the race? Ah, fuck the race. I got bigger problems. I understand where he's coming from yeah. a little more than I did. But at the same time, like, why are you still running? <laughs> you know? I don't know. I don't know. Now more than ever, though, his policies seem pretty reasonable. Two weeks ago, everyone was like, that's radical. He could never win. And now people are like, okay, we're not yeah, evicting anyone anymore. Yeah, now you have anymore. Tom Cotton and, saying, yeah, like, we, everybody we got to suspend rent okay. and, like, all these things. So, But I think, the caveat would be, like, no, that's the way the world should be. And their caveat is, no, this just needs to be for a month or two yeah. when we get this sorted out. Right. But it's funny when you give people things and then you try to take them away. It's not very popular. It's very hard, Once yeah. you say, if you've been yelling and screaming, this is not possible ever, ever, ever. And then you are forced to do it, and then it the world doesn't melt well, down. Right, politically, that's what Republicans are trying to do. They're trying to get to the left, the Democrats on this. Like, you know, Democrats are like, let's figure out how to go about this, and Republicans just want to grab the mic and say, "Free money!" Right, right. And so we're that, like, no, let's have policies around this, and yeah. we should push for this. This yeah. should be the time, and yes, politicize this. This should be the time when we say, look. Everything we've been saying we need to do right now and the then try to fucked. try yeah. to take it away from them. It's harder once you have it in place. Right. Yep. Right. That's why these things are a little more complicated. There are going to be bills that are going to be passed that are not going to be sufficient. But it's just funny to see the the political dynamics of that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, wow, Republicans are socialists already. It's like, yeah, because people mm-hmm. are desperate and yep. they're, you know, they're playing to that. And if we already had these policies in place, we wouldn't be this fucked. In certain ways, no. It wouldn't do anything to slow down the spread of the virus, but you wouldn't have people... Mm-hmm freaked out about well how am I going to pay for this because we keep hearing these horror stories of like yeah I went in to get my COVID treatment and now I'm 35000 in the hole which right. so I say if that happens to you you literally laugh and you say take me to court and you invite the entire media to those court proceedings absolutely don't ever pay a cent on that bill not yeah. one single penny and you absolutely absolutely yeah there, there is no insurance company in the world that's going to take that PR hit nope like as soon as you threaten to you know yep. expose that on a bigger stage that bill goes away yep. obviously yep but, you know, people don't know that. They they get scared and, you yeah. know. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for us to say we don't have the bill. But if that's what, if one of right. us gets a COVID-19 bill for $35,000, we're going to say, great, see you in court. Yep. I will invite every news camera in the world. Yep. And we'll talk about all the reasons I should not pay this bill and how monstrous you are. Yeah. That'll be fun for right. me. Right. And then maybe you'll win and then you could spend another 20 years trying to collect. Good, right. good luck. I'll never pay a cent on any bill yeah. that has to do with this and no one else should either. No. Absolutely not. Yep. Uh, what else you got? 
There's puppies on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got puppies in a, in, in in a what do you call ball that? Pit. Ball pit. J- jumping just, around. They're and... just so cute. You guys got to turn on Animal Planet. It is the, the best therapy they're right They're doing now. the Lord's work. It's yeah. just a marathon of puppies and kitties, and it's just wonderful. Our pets are just sleeping. Yes. They're useless. They're really happy we're home all the time. I know. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. The pets of the world are the real winners here. They really are. They're just also They'll happy. probably even get sick of us after a while, too. Yeah. All right, I guess we're going to wrap up a little early. It's fine. I need a nap. Yeah. Um, this is draining. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. If you have uh, mental health issues and who amongst us don't, at least in a minor capacity, yeah, take care of yourselves. Yeah. You and know? each other, you know? Yeah. Reach out to people. Check on your friends. And not just, hey, but like, how are you feeling? And how is this affecting your anxiety? And are you, what, what? I had someone this morning that was so lovely asked me, what kind of things do you need? Yeah. And that was like, that's the kind of question that helps. Yeah, which is what, I, what I'm what i asking all my friends who were freaked out by this. Yeah. And usually it's just, oh, just listen to me, how I'm scared and how I need right. to die. Or like yesterday, I just had a long, wasn't even a long conversation, it was maybe 20 minutes, and I just, we just yelled together for a minute and just allowed ourselves to feel fucking anxious and like, worst case, just all the things I've been trying not to think and just like, mm-hmm. I felt cathartic afterward. I was like, okay, Absolutely. well... Yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving on, right? So, yeah, and you guys can always, you know, reach out to us. Tweet Got us. lots of time. Tweet, email at irreverenttestimony at gmail.com. Um, at irreverent duo on Twitter. Yeah. All right, stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. Be, try to do what Rachel says. Let's build a community. Yeah. Uh, no one else is going to rescue us or save us or no. anything else. But we can help each other out because things are going to get really rough, especially yeah. in the economy, and we're going to need to help each other out. Yeah. Um, okay, that's it. Love uh, you all. Talk to you soon. Bye.